welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the Feast of St. Benedict. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who made the abbot St. Benedict an outstanding master in the School of Divine Service, grant, we pray, that putting nothing before love of you, we may hasten with a loving heart in the way of your commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord seated on a high throne. His train filled the sanctuary. Above him stood seraphs, each one with six wings, two to cover its face, two to cover its feet, and two for flying. And they cried out to one another in this way, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the threshold shook him with the voice of the one who cried out, and the temple was filled with smoke. I said, What a wretched state I am in. I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have looked at the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding in his hand a live coal which he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. With this, he touched my mouth and said, See now, this has touched your lips. Your sin is taken away. Your iniquity is purged. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will be our messenger? I answered, Here I am, send me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is king, he is robed in majesty. The Lord is king, he is robed in majesty. The Lord is king with majesty, enrobed. The Lord has robed himself with might. He has girded himself with power. The Lord is king, he is robed in majesty. The world you made firm not to be moved. Your throne has stood firm from of old. From all eternity... O Lord, you are. The Lord is king, he is robed in majesty. Truly, your decrees are to be trusted. Holiness is fitting to your house. 
O Lord, until the end of time. The Lord is King. He is robed in majesty. Alleluia, alleluia. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the Spirit of God rests upon you. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus instructed the twelve as follows. The disciple is not superior to his teacher, nor the slave to his master. It is enough for the disciple that he should grow to be like his teacher, and the slave like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, what will they not say of his household? Do not be afraid of them, therefore, for everything that is now covered will be uncovered, and everything now hidden will be made clear. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the daylight. What you hear in whispers, proclaim from the housetops. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Fear him rather who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Can you not buy two sparrows for a penny? And yet not one falls to the ground without the father knowing. Why, every hair on your head has been counted. So there is no need to be afraid. You are worth more than hundreds of sparrows. So if anyone declares himself for me in the presence of men, I will declare myself for him in the presence of my Father in heaven. But the one who disowns me in the presence of men, I will disown in the presence of my Father in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be a short one today from me. Um, not because I'm being lazy. Well, maybe a little bit because I'm being lazy, but not principally because I'm being lazy, but because I think it's important for us to actually spend some time with this text in prayer, not just listening about it, but but praying with it. And hopefully the, the reason why that's the case becomes a little bit clearer. So where have we come from? Jesus has called the 12 apostles, but he's warned them that they're going into a difficult situation. He's sending them out like lambs among wolves. And he's warned them that they're going to be dragged in front of governors and kings for his sake, that they're going to have to make an account for their witnessing of Jesus, and that some of them are also going to be put to death. And that continues in today's gospel. Jesus says, look, the disciple isn't superior to his teacher nor the slave to his master. Now, we know what happened to our master. He went to the cross. And he went to the cross because people said he was blaspheming. How's that possible, given that Jesus is the incarnate son of God? If they called the master of the house Beelzebub, what would they say about the household? You know, if they say that Jesus is the problem, well, his followers are going to be problems too. But now, three times in the gospel, Jesus says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of them, he says. Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body. There's no need to be afraid. You're worth more than hundreds of sparrows. 
Now, I think it's important to ask ourselves the question, well, well, why not be afraid? I mean, surely in the face of mortal danger, it's only natural to be frightened. Well, Jesus' command that we do not be afraid, its foundation rests in God. We're not called to be naively optimistic. Indeed, Jesus refuses to allow us to become naively optimistic. He says, hey, don't imagine that things are just going to be on the up and up. You're going to suffer. So don't go through life with this kind of facile expectation that things are just going to get better. But why not be afraid then? If there are difficulties, if there are challenges. Well, the first point here goes to this question about truth. He says, Do not be afraid of them, therefore, for everything that is now covered will be uncovered, and everything now hidden will be made clear. That there's going to be this great unveiling. Uh, And the word unveiling in Latin is rendered as Revelation, you know, you can see the word veil in in Revelation. The unveiling. In Greek, it's apocalypse. That there's going to be this great revealing of truth. So don't be afraid of those who hide in the dark and who trade in lies and untruth because everything is going to be unveiled. Everything is going to be revealed. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus referred to the Father as being the one who sees all things that are done in secret. Everything that is hidden will be made clear. And those who live in relationship with the truth are the ones who will be vindicated. So don't be afraid of liars and plotters. Even if other people believe their lies, the truth is not replaced by the lies. And of course, we remember that Jesus refers to himself as the way, the truth and the life. And the unveiling of the truth, the apocalypse, is this moment when Jesus, the truth, is made manifest, is is revealed for the world to see. Now, the second reason that Jesus gives not to be afraid is he says, look, can you not buy two sparrows for a penny, and yet not one falls to the ground without your father knowing? Why, every hair on your head has been counted, so there's no need to be afraid. You're worth more than hundreds of sparrows. Why should we not be afraid when we're sent out like lambs among wolves? Because God loves us. Now, my goodness, how often have we heard that? It's like over the last 40 years, priests have just been on this repeat cycle of God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. But I don't think homilies help that much here, to be perfectly honest. And this is why I want to keep this homily a little bit shorter than normal. Because it's worth just turning it off and praying with the gospel and allowing the Lord Jesus to speak these words to your heart. Every hair on your head has been counted. And you're worth more than hundreds of sparrows. This is what you mean to God. This is how he looks at you. And it's all good and well me saying it. But it's something that we only come to believe on the basis of God saying it. 
and speaking it to our hearts. So, you know, invoke the Holy Spirit, take up this text and allow the Lord to speak it to us so that we may not only know the love of God, but that we may trust, that we may entrust ourselves into God's hands because he loves us. This becomes the antidote to our fear. And the Apostle John knew this. He says, perfect love casts out all fear. Indeed it does. So if you're surrounded by wolves, take heart and read this gospel. Everything that is now covered will be uncovered. And you're in God's hands because he loves you. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will, and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, 
O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.